I'm excited to welcome this week's Tierra Talk Show guest, the mother in Two Brothers in the American Adventure, Louise Hirschberg, to the show. Welcome, Louise. Thank you. Thank you. It's Fun to be honor. here. It's an honor. Last November, we had spoken to Jeff Burke and John Olson about being the two brothers. And that was just something that my mind was blown. The fact that we, that they, they've never been reunited ever since they did, (laughs) since they did that photo shoot with you as the mother. And we were talking during the conversation and we knew that the gentleman who played the father, I'm blanking on his name, so my apologies, um, but he had passed away. And the two little girls, there was like no information about them. And we could only get a name for the mother. And just happenstance that a couple people I'd interviewed knew who you were and we got connected. So I'm blessed for and, and very grateful that we are connected today. <laughs> It's certainly interesting. I can tell you about the two little girls. They were paid. They were little paid actresses. They, they were twins, and they were um, literally paid people, which is why we all ended up paid because they did, and because they were twins. You know, little children can't be on a set for long, so they put one in and then they put the other one in. <laughs> yeah, well, that was actually one of the things we talked about, and we can start right into that if that's okay with you with two brothers. Um, but what they had said was it was a difficult shoot because you had the baby on your lap and then the older six-year-old girl. And apparently, um, I had heard through a couple of different Imagineers, I was trying to fact check here, um, that they, yes, I as you said, they were like paid actresses. They weren't, I originally, usually they would do somebody who was an Imagineer or an Imagineer's child. Actually, no. And the funny thing that you bring up is the little girl. We were, I was telling the guys that um, the, the older little girl, uh, she apparently, we were actually, Allie, Allie Olmo, the singer of Two Brothers, and I were at the American Adventure. She actually had never seen the show before in person. So she and I went there in October of 2019, and we were the last ones, ones there for the night. And so it was an honor that we got to stay a little bit extra with some of the four cast members who usually are planted there. And they said that the little girl, the six-year-old, had come by about two three years ago to this to see the show and she was like that's me and she wanted a picture with her audio animatronic and they're like well we can't stop the show but that always stuck in (laughs) (laughs) that that always stuck in my mind because she's out there and she knows who she is um so i don't know if anybody knows who she is but let me know if you can i'm sure louise wants to know who it is too (laughs) but yeah that's that's the mystery there but we solved the mystery of who the mom is which is you which is great (laughs) I was not an actor. I just happened to wander by. <laughs> so they so they said to you, it was like an Imagineer who said, hey, you know, we're kind of going for this Civil War plot and you have this look and we'd love for you to be in the show. Is that kind of how it... Oh, oh literally, I parked, I was working at WED uh, in the purchasing department and I literally walked through the parking lot and one of the designers looked at me and said, hey, would you come into my office? I need a, I need a sketch an older face. <laughs> That's exactly, I knew nothing about it. So I said, sure. So I sat in his office and he sketched my face. And then a few weeks later, he called me back and said, I need, to, I need you to come in again. And by then he was sculpting my face. 
I never knew anything more about it. Then somebody said to me, you know, they're making you some clothing, some dresses. And so eventually I then got a phone call. I needed to go to Disneyland and have a fitting for a dress. Well, they fitted me for a couple of dresses. I still didn't know much about it. Um, and then somebody said, you know that each one of these dresses costs at least $2,000. I think there were four dresses. Oh, my which goodness. Shock. Yeah, it was totally shocking. And then the last thing I knew was I got a note, would I please be at Disneyland at 6.30 in the morning for, um, I guess they said for a filming, but they didn't tell me any more about it than that. And I arrived, and <laughs> that's all I knew. The photos that it, like appear in that sequence, a couple of them are at Disneyland. So the one is at the train station um, near Frontierland, I think. And it's the mm-hmm. sequence, it's that photo where they're, it's the coffin, they're, they're loading the brother who passed away. So is that the sequence you're referring to? I believe so. And the thing that really threw me was they had painted the train station um, a, a green, I think it was. And before we, when we were done, they were already repainting it so that the park, when the park opened at nine, the train station would be back to the normal color. What now? That's something because it's yeah. it's, it's a black it's and really, white photo too. Yeah, they they did not miss a heartbeat. They pay, money was nothing. Everything had to be absolutely perfect. And um, yeah, it just threw my mind. That's why we went so early so that they could get the train station back into the working in the park. That, that's you would never go into the park and see painters painting. Oh no, no, you know? yeah, that's a, that's a no no. <laughs> do you do you the remember? interesting for me is I have twin sons myself and so here I am in the Civil War scene with one son coming back and one not and you know it was pretty heartfelt for me to to think that I had two sons that who were about that age Civil War you know could could have gone into the army and and there were a couple of their I have to send them to you because I I forgot to send I have the train photos. I don't know if they came through in that email I sent you. But they were like other people who were there on the set including the 6-year-old girl. And I didn't know for sure do you do you think they were other imagineers that were just brought in that day to fill in for the scene you think? Oh, no, cuz I actually was talking to them. They were um what do you call it in California um you know, they they work by the day. Oh, like like background actors, like the yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I had never. Been, I had you know, I have nothing. I'm from Boston. I know nothing about the movie business, and it was quite <laughs> fascinating because while we were hanging around, they would run to they would run to a phone to get their job for the next day, and I was just fascinated with this. They were extras. They were paid extras. That's amazing. Um, yeah. And and this is how they lived. They went from job to job. And, you know, they weren't very excited about it. I was very excited. I was in these fancy clothes. It was really fun. <laughs> Gosh, you, you look, that, that dress looked fantastic. It was like, wow, you know, just the outfits you got to wear and the, the time period they set it in. Because originally, I remember my dad and I loved the sequence so much. We always thought that they were just photos that the Imagineers found and said, okay, let's craft something around the photos. Oh, Lo and behold, oh. they're shooting them there at Disneyland. <laughs> and you realize that those $2,000 dresses, which today would probably be $6,000, they were used for one shoot and that was it. 
and that's you know, that's unbelievable. You think they reused them? Oh, they did everything. Everything was done there because, um, you know, I know this from the purchasing end. If a designer designed something, you had to had to be made to match their their drawings, mm-hmm. which blew my mind. <laughs> that's amazing. And, and 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 that that setup the the train building is still there to this day because it was funny I found out this information a year after I went to Disneyland for the first time and we were waiting for the train and I noticed the building and the sign and the sign is different I think they put up a different name and I remember reading that they had to they had to photograph it at such an angle because the haunted mansion is right behind it so hey, yeah it, right so yeah <laughs> right. <laughs> just amazing like that's that's the cool part about being an imagineer or just working on one of these attractions it's like that you you really there there's such a great amount of people smart individuals putting these things together it's fantastic and Can, perfection it was you know everything was perfection and i mm-hmm. don't know if they told you but one man organization had to approve of every single thing that was done that was john hench every design everything that was done went in front of him and he 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 was had worked with Walt Disney, and mm-hmm. so the the talk around Wed was always, well, this is the way Walt wanted it. <laughs> so, <laughs> this is Walt wanted it this way. So yeah, uh, it, it, and everything was absolutely total perfection to a T. And so Jeff and John were talking about the the next shoot, which was the the photograph, the portrait that is so well known. And apparently this was done on like a sound stage and they got you guys all dressed up all together. And the thing that the guys said that they they felt bad for you because you had the baby on your lap and and that was a lot to handle because she did not want to be on her lap. Do you remember this? No. <laughs> <laughs> No, I I don't remember. I just remember the train shoot. No, but if you say so, it was quite a while ago. <laughs> yeah, they said that the photographer said to everybody, including the six-year-old, "Just look this way because once we get that baby shot of just looking this way, we got to take it." So you guys had to stay <laughs> stay frozen. It <laughs> was uh, six-year-old. She was very cute. She was there with her tutor. I mean, it was like a it was like filming a movie, a whole movie for this one teeny segment, which is she, unbelievable. She could be there without a a tutor or somebody to to represent, you know, children. Her mother was also there. Um, you know, they made it. It was a big deal for how many seconds does this all happen? Like, so I'm glad probably ten. Likes it. <laughs> but it's like it's ingrained in everybody's that, mind. <laughs> Yeah, and just multiply it by every other um, segment that you see at Disney. Everyone had this much care and love put into them. I didn't know this until, again, my first trip to Disneyland. That sequence is so impactful. They picked it up out of American Adventure. They put it in the Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln in Disneyland around, like, the... Oh, really? Yeah, the oh, late I... the late 2000s. That's when they put it in. Really? Well, I'll have to get out to California someday and see it. <laughs> we were shocked. We were like, wait, are we in the American Adventure? Are we back in Epcot? It was crazy because we were like, they're using the song, they're using the pictures. And did, did you ever get to see it in person? Um... Yes, because I eventually, um, when Epcot was finished, they they brought me back to Florida to work. 
So I used to go into I used to go into Epcot all the time just to eat because the food was better than Orlando's food. <laughs> so we to go into you know we went in in all the time into the park. What was the country of choice if you could pick any to eat at? Well, you know I had moved from Los Angeles. When you move from Los Angeles to Orlando, Florida, in the what was this seventies, eighties, um, Orlando was had nothing but fast food. So I probably the French and the Italian, you know, anything, <laughs> even the English was. <laughs> and of course, it was a standard menu. But um, yeah, it. Uh, it kept me alive. Moving from Los Angeles to Orlando, Florida is very difficult, I can tell you that. So, Yeah, um, I remember they were trying to make that a thing. Remember when MGM Studios became a live studio, and then after a couple of years, it just wasn't working because nobody wanted to be in Florida. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Which <No>. I get. <laughs> no, it, it, you know, of course it's changed now, but... Uh... Mm-hmm. But you, but you very... were eating around the world before that was a thing at Epcot, right? Exactly. <laughs> setting um, setting the trails, weren't you, Louise? <laughs> they were wonderful to us. You know, I would go I would go to Epcot while they were building it every once in a while for work, and they put us up in River Country. We had our own little trailers out nice. there in, in Disney World. It was wonderful. Um, they treated us very well. I have to say, they they couldn't have treated us better. What was your reaction when you finally saw it in person? Did it make sense now since, like, they really didn't give you much information about it originally? Did it make sense when it was all, like, in front of you put together? Yes. Yes, it made sense, and it, it, it 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 was a very sad thing, I thought. And that's maybe because I did have sons, and I think, um, I think, I think, yeah, that was just about the time when, um, the draft, you, you could you couldn't go to college if you didn't sign up for the draft, uh, mm. and one of my sons signed up and one didn't, so it you know it brought it right home for me. Mm. I never thought of it in that way. Yeah, yeah, so, no. Well, you have to have sons the age of going to war. It was such a horrible war that that war. So yeah, yeah, I know it was very um, it was very moving, and then of course to have your yourself go up and down <laughs> kind of ludicrous <laughs> <laughs> like the fame for life <laughs> well i i was planning you know the 50th anniversary of just walt disney in general is in october and i was planning on taking like just a solo trip because i wanted to do that tour that i think it's like a four six hour tour where you end and watch the American Adventure from downstairs and how it works. Oh, yeah. I just want to do it so badly. That's the exciting part. I used to go out all the time and just um, go underground. The underground is so exciting there of everything. Mm. It's, a, it's a whole city, and it's amazing. You know, the costume department's enormous. It's just huge. And if you can take a tour of that anytime, grab it. I, I'm hoping that maybe they might lift some restrictions by the fall. We'll see. I'll let you yeah. know. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes, we... John was telling me that when he, when the attraction opened, this was something I didn't know, was that they had postcards with some of the scene photos on them. So one of them was of him dead. 
which is oh. weird. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and one was the family as well too. And I didn't know for sure if you remember this or or possibly do you remember having a copy or or did Disney give you no. a copy? I don't remember that. Um I didn't have I didn't get that. They we had a book that they gave a huge book on Epcot, but um, I don't remember that. Did they did they tell you about the opening of Epcot? No. And, no, I haven't oh, heard fantastic party. There's about seven top orchestras, one right in the the big dome, the big, um, you could take a ride and listen to music and dancing and food everywhere. It was amazing, especially when you're from Massachusetts and you're not used to this whole California thing. <laughs> <laughs> I get that, yes. <laughs> yes. You know, my work was with other departments, and um, they even sent... I think I told you I, I was had to buy all the different lampposts, which mm-hmm. was horrendous because every foreign country had a different lamppost, and they weren't getting done. And so uh, Disney sent engineers down to, into the factories to make sure that they got them done in time. They sent plane loads over to Hong Kong to get the carpet over. I mean, you know, it just had wow. to open on time. Yeah, it was. Jeez. Uh, so they they, had, they were down to the wire too. Oh, of course. Any of these things are out of the way. You, you know they're going to be. Um, I had to get all the different lights for all the different pavilions. Every light had a different a different um, artist drawing, and the person who made them swore they could get them in, done in time. Well, he went to the hospital. He was so overworked. But that done, you know, Disney would send their own people over to these factories to get them done. It, it was... It was pretty amazing. And, of course, they brought in so many people. I came in in the beginning, and then every time you went to work, there was another cubicle, and somebody else had come into work. So you were talking about the furnishings. Is is this the first kind of technical job you had with Disney? Like, how did you get this, this particular role? I think it was all about timing. As I said, I was from Boston, and I was sick of the cold, and my youngest two, my twins, had um, were away at school, and so somebody called me and you know a headhunter and said they were looking for someone who would go to Florida and California, and I thought, oh boy, I could do that. Why he came to me, I have no idea. I often thought it was because I was a woman, but then I did meet somebody who gave the headhunter my name, and I had done this person a lot of favors, and um, I don't know, he just threw my name out. And as I said, the time was absolutely right. I wanted out of Boston. California sounded perfectly wonderful to me, so um, that's how I got it. And and the funny part, which has nothing to do with what you're interested in, is I had to go to Florida for the interviews. And Florida is they was you know everything was about your supervisor and what you wore and your color of your nails. Um, so I was interviewed at purchasing, and then they sent me to the uh, employment department, uh, and that and at that point my hair was um, streaked. I had blonde streaks, and she said to me, "Well, you know, if you go to work for us, you'll have to change your hair color." <laughs> that was the mentality in Florida, and I just laughed. I said, "I, I couldn't believe that anybody would say that." 
So when I went back to purchasing, and, and Mr. Rowland said, well, what do you think? I said, I don't think I can work for you because I, can't, I have the wrong color hair. <laughs> and then you go out to WED in California, and everybody is you know, weirdly dressed and imagination and crazy, and it was so unlike Florida. So that's how I got to... That's how I got there. I, I'm, I'm sure everything was very difficult to either obtain or make copies of or anything like that. But what was one of those finds that you really were like, you screamed for joy. You're like, oh my gosh, I got it. I got the right furnishing, the right perfect thing for this, you know, pavilion or for this attraction. Well, one of the fun things, we needed a car. No, I'm sorry, a gas tank. So two of us flew to South Dakota um, to because somebody had this gas, you know, a, a gas tank of the age, and um, and we're flying in. I, I forgot which town. It was nothing. It was absolutely nothing. And I said to him, "When can we leave here?" Well, we couldn't because we had no plane that day. So we flew and we met this man who literally. Um, he he had the right gas tank, and then we had dinner. At, and I, so I said, "What do you do here in this town?" And he said, "The mall." You know, he sent us to the mall. Well, we didn't want to do that, but it, it was just so amazing to me to fly all the way, spend all that money, um, to get this one gas tank. W- was that the one that that's in the American Adventure, or was that featured yes. somewhere else? Mm-hmm. Yep. Wow. And um. Again, it had to be perfect for the the time and the date, and um, you know, had a period. And I'm not sure how it was discovered, but we had to fly out <laughs> to look it over, pick it up, bring it home. Yeah, it's a great old thing. See, that's what I would love to do is just be able to get on stage. Well, there's no stage. It's like it's sets, really, and be able to see like the individual set pieces because they all have a story because this was one of the most biggest projects that Wed had been working on at the time. And um, it, right. it really, it lived up to his potential. <laughs> and again, the way they were all designed was, there was a project, there were designers on it. I worked with interior designers. There were about seven or eight of them. They each had a different project. They would design it. And then it had to be purchased to match their their drawings, which, you know, I kept, I, I'm from the hotel world where you save money. That meant every lantern had to be just exactly the way they designed it. it if there was one similar, that wouldn't do. And then every single drawing went to John Hench, the head of WED, and he had to approve it. Do you remember any other attractions that you might have worked on besides the American Adventure? Well, I did all the any any attraction that had a, um, a restaurant, a large area. I bought all the carpeting and all the tables and chairs, uh, auditorium seats, on all of them. And it, it was so weird for me. I came from the hotel world where you bought, you know, eight thousand yards of carpet. I was shopping for perhaps a, a room. 10 by 12. <laughs> and uh, when I worked for the hotels, I was considered an important buyer. When I worked for Disney, here I am trying to buy 
uh, 10 yards of carpeting. I wasn't very important to anybody, and I would laugh. I took our designers into the design building in um, Los Angeles. We we went marching in like we were big deals. And they totally ignored my designers, and I was just laughing. And they were working with Mr. and Mrs. Housewife uh, on, on their house. And I kept thinking, they have no idea how much money this, these few women represent, but they're just not buying in large quantities. Uh, it, it was a very interesting, uh, it was a fun experience. I'm looking at the opening night that I told you about and the six bands. These were the bands that were there. Pete Fowler, Bob Crosby, Glenn Miller, oh, the Modernaires, Harry James and his big band, Lionel Hampton, Woody Herman. <laughs> This is just opening night for the employees. Now that's what I call a party, okay? I wish yes. <laughs> there was more yes. film footage of this, but again, it's like it's 1982, right? So you know they probably only had a yeah. little bit of a little bit of it filmed. <laughs> and you know you have to think about this too when you're when I'm talking about sourcing these things. It, you couldn't Google. There was you know Google yeah. didn't exist. The um, the uh, what are they called? The prop people. They had. They had resources all over the country that they would send out looking for items. And uh, and the things from the different pavilions, for example, Germany, you had to buy from those countries because they had to, uh, or, or match them up. The French uh, bistro chairs had to exactly match the French bistro chair of the designer, not one that you could buy on the marketplace. Yeah, it was uh, not a, it was very costly <laughs> and very perfect. And I think, yeah. you know, everybody has enjoyed it and it stood up well because of it. What do you think of now it's 40 years since the attraction was released? It's still there. It's probably <laughs> one of the last remaining attractions untouched completely that has been left alone at Epcot since opening day. So what are your thoughts on that? Well, you know, I haven't been back to Epcot in years, so I have no idea what's happened there. I've, I'm thrilled that it's there because, unfortunately, my granddaughter was terrified, and I took her into um, Walt Disney World, and she she screamed. She was so terrified. So I'm hoping that it will last so that now that she's 19, maybe she can go and see Grandma. I think that's pretty exciting. Um, you know, it, it's, it's kind of one of those funny accomplishments that you don't tell people about, you don't think about, but... It's there's not many of us who are figures going up and down uh, for an audience many times a day. So, so I hope it holds up, and I hope my little animated figure doesn't break, and um, she keeps her pretty dresses on. So, it will last for a while, and I think it's a, the war story is very appropriate. Certainly, um, it was a horrible war, and wars are horrible. So, I I think it up with the times uh i sent my son one of the pictures that you sent me today and he said whoever thought that disney would be the keeper of the american history which is interesting before we end i have three disney themed questions i i ask each of my guests i call them the fab three um so we'll we'll start with the donald question which is as a child what disney film was one of your favorites to see in the movie theater Snow White terrified me, but it was the first movie I ever saw in my life. 
And our goofy question, what Disney character do you think would be your best friend if you met them in person? Well, I don't know. I've always been partial to Mickey. Minnie Mouse. And and speaking of Mickey, our Mickey question. If I asked you to name any Disney song at this very moment, what immediately comes to mind? Small World. Oh, you know what, Louise? I can't thank you enough for being on the show today. It was these were great stories, and I know the fans are going to flip after hearing this interview when I finally post it. So, this was such a pleasure. Thank you, thank you so much, and for being a part of this two brothers legacy. You know, people see you day in and day out when the parks are open. Obviously, (laughs) so you're you're in our you're in our conscious. You better. I want to get an autograph for sure. (laughs) Ain't nothing gonna ruin today. We're all together. That's what counts. 